and welcome to Mindset, an HCD vidcast, where we dive into the world of applied consumer neuroscience and market research with leading experts in the field. My name is Michelle Nigella, PhD in Behavioral Neuroscience and Director of Research and Innovation at HCD. And I'm Catherine Ambrose, the Manager of Behavioral and Marketing Sciences with HCD. As your hosts, we are going to act as the buzzkills for the buzzwords, taking time to critically think about the limitations and pitfalls of emerging trends and topics within the field to help you identify what innovation has a lot of untapped potential or is too good to be true. Now, HCD is a full-service research house which provides research capabilities on consumers by looking at how they perceive, evaluate, and respond to different types of stimuli, such as looking at product experiences, communications, or just general consumer and shopper experiences. We use a combination of tools that come from psychology, physiology, neuroscience, as well as the traditional methods that people typically use to see how they experience different stimuli. That stimuli can range from the early stages of exploration all the way through the final product validation tests. This is what we refer to as applied consumer neuroscience. So stick around for more curious conversations as we chat our way through the ever-evolving space of consumer science. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sound. <laughs> what do we think that was? Um, well, it's something that's going to trigger a little bit of a conversation today that we're going to have around what we're calling sensory memes. Um, so thank you for joining us today. Um, just Catherine and I once again. Um, and we want to talk a little bit about something that we actually talked about on another podcast with our good friend, John Ennis, who you've met on our podcast before. Um, we were recently on his podcast called the Agora cast for his company, Agora. Um, you know, we're going to, we can link that below, I'm sure, uh, or in the description, if you're interested in hearing it, but we always have a good time talking to John because he's very future thinking um, and very AI and web three and metaverse, you know, in his style of thought. And so we want to talk about this idea of sensory memes, meaning something that can evoke a, a feeling uh, a sense. And so that sound that you just heard, and I don't know, Catherine, if you want to prepare and, and play it once again, but if you listen very carefully, um, let us know what you think it is. So that's a really iconic sound of a can of Coca-Cola opening. Um, I think just about everybody can recognize that. You can hear the hollowness of the can. You can hear almost like the fizziness of the drink inside. Um, but it certainly evokes a memory and like links to a memory really um, triggers something in people of familiarity, maybe even some comfort. So there's emotional things that can be triggered. There are sensory things that can be triggered. And we just want to talk about where this idea kind of came from. And it, it kind of came to us from like multiple places. So I'll, I'll start with that conversation we had with, with John. Do you remember what we were talking about, Catherine? Yeah. So it's kind of funny too, because the, the sound of the Coke can, it's, I appreciate it so much more now that I am in this space and that we can explore how things come about because I recently was in research and they had some Coke and I, I gravitated towards the Coke so that I could listen to the sound. Like it's very 
nostalgic sound to me. Reminds <laughs> me very much of um, I would always so I was came from a household that never had soda, and you could only have soda if you had it with pizza on like a certain Friday. <laughs> pizza Friday, you could have Coke, and so that's what. <laughs> kind of evokes to me is like, oh, pizza's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind but, of brings us to the conversation we had with John, where we were talking about, right. you know, web three and the metaverse and what, what I kind of feel like is basically a huge paradigm shift that is happening in advertising and advertising research, which is a huge question now of how do you connect with consumers? Yeah. And it was really interesting because in that conversation, we discussed at the time the Olympics was going on and it was just the Super Bowl. And we decided that, well, we, it came up in the conversation that they had very different approaches to how they were going to handle advertising for both of these right. events. And you could see the difference. Now we can look at it in hindsight. Performance. That, yeah. The performance was down for the Olympics and performance was way, way up for the Super Bowl. And when you're Hearing those two things, you kind of start to ask yourself, what's different, what's different here? And I, uh, in, in outside conversations, I had chatted with somebody about how we realized the, the reason for this taking place is because NBC, who is in charge of the Olympics, was very set in their ways that they didn't want to have any influencers commenting on the Olympics, that they had paid a lot of lawyers out there really big bucks to go. And if, if there was any mention of the Olympics, any discussion of the Olympics, things like that, to squash it, to, to yeah. hand them something saying you have to take this down. And the lawyers did what they were supposed to do. But because of that, no one really heard about the Olympics this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really either, but we all heard about the Super Bowl. I mean, beforehand, you know, I'm in of a certain age where uh, the 90s was relevant to me, not just because of my birth. Right. So like I was a teenager in the nineties. And so music being huge, I really responded to the memes that were saying, you know, that, oh, kids are going to get to see their, you know, parents, you know, getting down while listening to the halftime show and, you know, talking about like, you know, people are going to, you know, start responding in ways of like, oh, needing that ibuprofen because you were <laughs> dancing. And, you know, if, if you are excited about the Super Bowl, you should get a mammogram, <laughs> you know, like, all sorts of really funny jokes like that, but it really, you know, kind of, oh, it's like, oh, this is for me. Like I should be watching the Super Bowl. You know what I did? And I don't even care about football, um, but I wanted to watch the halftime show. And so this whole like problem is really related to how brands communicate with consumers. Now, I was talking to Catherine about how my kids who are two and six, um, they've grown up in a world where they don't they've never really had to watch commercials. You know, they never had to sit down for 30 seconds and wait for their show to come on or like the full two minutes of commercials, um, of various commercials before their show comes on because, you know, they're watching streaming services or they can choose to skip ads, um, all sorts of, of reasons to the point where my, my six-year-old doesn't even want to watch the intro music. Like she prefers to skip intro on Netflix, you know, like why waste my time? I just want to get right into the show. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy because that's it's a not new even world. an ad. It's yeah, not even an ad, but like she doesn't feel it's worth her time. And like, they don't have the patience for that. So like, how do you advertise to people who are growing up now 
um, or even just learning that they don't have to watch ads because I get frustrated watching ads now too. Like, and I grew up with it, but I'm used to not really having to watch ads. Yeah, we've been conditioned in a way because the, the way that we consume media and the way that we watch videos has offered us the opportunity to skip over those ads, whether it be after 10 seconds or or not have the ads at all if you're streaming. So right. those things for so long. <laughs> so then what is a company them. supposed to do? Because it used to be before, like if you think about the, the Coca-Cola ads from the before times, let's say, yeah. um, you know, they often did have that sound, like the sound of the pouring of, you know, the soda. So you could hear the fizziness, you could right. hear the heaviness of the liquid. And it really connected with people and conveyed a message. You know, when you have 30 seconds to tell someone about your product, you can, can you can really say a lot. I mean, 30 seconds is a long time when you think about it. So you can tell a full story in 30 30 seconds. But if you have minimal time, like enough time to get to someone before they swipe it away on TikTok, yeah. right? When they just swipe it away or they click the skip ad um, or whatever it might be, you know, how do you connect with them? Or maybe it is just a meme that's on social media, you know, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever it might be, you only have that moment. So how can you get the whole story that you used to experience in 30 seconds into this compact little thing. And I think, you know, that sound that you heard Catherine play at the beginning, you know, it evokes all those memories of pizza day. Um, I think seeing those memes, um, you know, I've seen memes that have like a, a picture of a basement from the seventies. And it says, you know, you can smell this picture, right. And you can, I know it smells like, you know, stale, you know, carpet and cigarette smoke, whatever it might be, or maybe, you know, they show a picture of a red ball, you know, that you used to use in the gym in school for dodgeball, you know, exactly what that ball sounds like when it hits the ground, it has, you know, a very distinct sound and it evokes not only the memory of that, it evokes the sound. All you saw was a picture. Right. Um, it evokes the emotions that went with it. And I, we really think that there's like something there, right? Because again, the paradigm shift that's occurring. Yeah. And I would add to that by saying you actually have to also consider the fact that there is this whole new wave of people and users and eventual consumers that might not have those same associations as somebody else. Right. Michelle brought up that that picture of the basement and the smell of cigarettes. I never grew up in a house that had anyone that smoked or that, you know, had that basement with the cigarettes. And I didn't have any friends that had that type of a basement in the city. Yeah. The but you talk about a, a red dodgeball. Like I hear that sound. I hear it hitting against the, the gym. But I don't think they have them anymore, do they? Because I don't think people play dodgeball anymore. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if dodgeball is PC, but. <laughs> <laughs> so then but, like, but, you know, younger kids, my daughter may not know what that ball sounds like. Right. And that becomes a thing for advertisers to recognize that we say this all the time, but you have to meet the consumers where they are. And. Yeah. I do think we we should talk a bit here, going back to Coca-Cola, what we were talking about in the beginning, that they are really trying their hardest to market to the new world. And they've, mm -hmm. they've decided that they're going to pivot to this new world, which will include digital. And mm -hmm. whether that mean NFTs, whether that means, you know, decentralized currency or whatever, whatever that means, they, or if it means TikTok, they're trying to meet the consumers. So that way right. they're still top of mind, they're still present in the consumer's life. Absolutely. And that speaks volumes. But um, also communicating them to them in a way that 
evokes a feeling that it's for me, right? Mm -hmm. So like when I saw those Super Bowl memes, like I felt that the halftime show was for me. And that was kind of like, it was written about a lot at the time as well that, you know, Gen X or, or, you know, later um, older millennials, like they, they're, we, they were being focused on. Um, So then you feel focused on, you know, you feel special. You recognize that it's for you because it evoked a certain experience for you. So I think that's something that brands are going to have to think about, especially in a, you know, web three virtual kind of way, because they're going to meeting those consumers where they are. Well, they're not watching your 30 second ad. Right, right. And it's um, two two things I want to add here about the Super Bowl. There was one advertisement in particular. I, I think it might have been Fios that did it with the person was knocking on the door and they were saying like, the somebody was here and you were like oh that's from a movie and I was like (laughs) oh the cable guy yeah Yeah. because you didn't you weren't familiar with the cable guy (laughs) (laughs) because nobody has cable anymore (laughs) and so it's it's interesting because the The ads were also for my generation. Yeah. 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 So I missed that reference whereas Michelle was like oh that was one of my favorite ads because she had that connection. She felt like it was targeting her, but um, in a way that was nostalgic. And Mm -hmm. I think that there is this push recently with nostalgia um, and that might be a response to the pandemic and maybe a response to just the world that we're living in, that old is always going to be new again. And so companies are, are trying to take that, but put the new age spin on it with, with digital, with TikTok. Uh, We, we decided to chat really about a lot of these sensory memes because Coke has this really great example, but they recently just released a product called, I believe it was um, Starlight. And Mm -hmm. it had this air of mystery to it where no one knew what it tasted like. No one knew what it, like they had the idea of what it looked like. um, And it really racked up a lot of attention. Uh, They had Reddit threads, (laughs) um, (laughs) all these things really show- not kind of generating buzz, right? Mm -hmm. Um, how can you make something viral, which, you know, viral isn't really, you know, the word anymore. I think, I think maybe 10 years ago, it was about how do you make something go viral? Like, you know, the Starbucks unicorn. I don't think that's necessarily the thing anymore, but you have to communicate in a way that really does engage people. Right. Yeah. And it was interesting with that example in particular, they actually are trying to make it more than just an experience for taste. Yeah. that with the sound of opening the can actually made the color of the can, uh, the color of the liquid red. So it had this red uh, tinge to it that it didn't nor- normally have. And then also uh, along with that, they had a QR code and that QR code brought the people to yeah. special concert. And it, again, is pushing that idea of their products no longer just the physical product. It's the experience. And right. the- experience now includes a digital age. It includes that uh, interaction. So is that, you know, you're talking about QR codes. um, And is that something that we think is going to be part of this sort of revolution in in advertising, right? Because it is an extra step that a person has to take. And I think, you know, again, thinking back to the memes, um, there have been a lot of memes lately about, no, I'm not going to use your QR code to look at your menu. You give me a menu, Um, you know, call me old fashioned, but I would like to see a menu. 
Um, so what, what are your thoughts there? It's interesting. I think it has to do with how well it is integrated to this omni-channel experience for shopping. That's my opinion, at least. I feel Mm -hmm. if I see a QR code and, and also, so by, by all these references, by the end of the (laughs) I know my age, but I grew up, I didn't get a cell phone until I was in high school. So if I didn't get a cell phone until I was in high school, my adult life has been with a cell phone and I am comfortable using my phone to to get the menu. My, I'm, I'm fine with that. But the thing is that I find really interesting is you want to make sure that it's as seamless as possible. So that way right. you don't have consumers fall off. Right. And I think that um, platforms like TikTok are doing this through partnering with things like Instacart, where mm-hmm. there's, there's trends going on with what I eat in a day or recipes. If right. that is available to you, and then you can then link it. It's, yeah. it's a seamless experience to say but that's seamless and also not requiring like a lot of physical steps, right. you know, whereas you're already on the platform, you're already on the platform and it's just a click away to, you know, load up your cart for Instagram or not, I'm sorry, Instacart. <laughs> and so like the, the problem I see sometimes with the QR codes is like something that Hulu's doing right. Where, um, you can choose to interact with the brand, um, by using the QR code instead of having to watch, you know, three commercials. Right. Um, and so I personally would rather just ignore the three commercials than have to use a QR code. It's like behaviorally, I'm just kind of like, screw you guys. I'm going to go let these play and I'm going to use the restroom. You know, that makes me wonder what your daughter would do because yeah, she she would probably just get really frustrated, honestly. Um, because she's just used to being able to choose. Yeah, yeah. So there is this idea of the trade-off. You know, what's more important for you? And and if your trade-off is to interact with this product, and you're being forced to interact with them, you're you're not yeah. gonna have a good association going back. To them. <laughs> exactly, you know? which is why rather than forcing people to do something they don't want to do, what if instead of the thirty-second ads, who is making me watch? It was just a sensory meme that came up and evoked emotion connected to the brand and made me understand what the product would be like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's actually Heineken, I believe, just released their first virtual brewery. And I I found that really interesting. And they made it very realistic where they had the all, all these different um like the the back where you're reading all the nutrition facts. And instead it was things like pixels, zero grams, like things like that <laughs> to make it fun, yeah. but connecting people to the real world, but with this digital spin on it. And I, and I think if, if you can do it the right way and you can do it in a way yeah, that without being gimmicky or, or one-off, right. Because right. if it does end up being like gimmicky where you, you're just kind of like, eh, okay, that was hilarious for a second, but I'm never going to interact with it again. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a question, but again, you have to, kind of, as the company, you have to do the research to see where are the consumers I'm trying to hit and then where are they and how can you get them? Because going back now to the Olympics, since people communicate through memes and they communicate through sharing reels and things like that, if you're not there, then people won't realize that it's happening and you're yeah. missing a huge viewing. You're, you're missing all these people that didn't yeah. have to really experience the Olympics with you. 
Right. Because, you know, even though you could maybe hear in some news bits, morning news bits about what happened at the Olympics, because the event happened, you know, in um, another hemisphere, right? So it was at a different time than you, you already know that someone won the gold. But, you know, if you were intrigued enough by a meme to be like, you know what, I actually want to see how that went down. Yeah, and that would be, you know, that would have been huge for them. Yeah. And I also think it's memes are great because, or memes, but also reels, they're highlight reels for a reason. Yeah. If you can show these really engaging and exciting moments, it's like you, mm. people are going to be curious. They're going to say, Oh my right. God, I'll see more. Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, like, Oh, that's for me. Yeah. As well, exactly. you know, like, because I think there's even, probably some question about like, why, why would I want to see bobsledding? Right. 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 Exactly. And I, and I do think that it it does come down to really knowing who you're trying to connect with. And if there's no association there, then maybe your, your ad's going to flop because you have, again, that, that red dodgeball in your hand, but you're promoting Jojo Siwa and and those things just don't connect, you know, it's, it's a different world. They're, they're different things. So it really, you have to. Yeah. So understanding your your consumer. Um, and then you got to check to see if you're actually evoking what you think you're evoking. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. There's, there's a really interesting book that I really liked. It got turned into a movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was called cloud Atlas. And, um, it, it takes place in multiple timelines um, oh. over like, I don't know, like a thousand years or something, but it basically shows like, like extreme past, um, but also like extreme future. And what's really interesting is in the extreme future, the language that they use is like text speak. So it's supposed to be a little bit, you know, tribal in a sense that it's not like really formalized English, but interestingly enough, because they had gone through a whole future of getting very advanced in technology. And then then like, you know, a crash happens and like, you know, now they're, you know, more in with nature, but the, the, the language was text speak. And I think that kind of gets back to like, again, how you communicate with people and how people communicate with each other. If you're not speaking the right language, they're just not going to pick up what you're putting down. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So if people are looking or, are, you know, interacting, it's an appendage to us. Now our phone is like an appendage. Yeah. We interact with the world through screens and screens only offer us visual. I mean, maybe you could say auditory is in there as well, um, but my phone is always on silent with the volume always turned down. I think the majority of people are that way as well. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, I take it a step further and I, I'm pretty sure it was you, Michelle, that was like, you know, your thing is always on do not burp. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't see anybody. <laughs> yeah, like you don't wanna hear anything. You don't wanna, you know, you don't wanna be disturbed. And so like, if you're like scanning through social media and a video immediately starts playing, you don't want it to be loud because maybe you are looking at it while you're interacting with people and you don't want it to disrupt the conversation you're having because we're all doing multiple things now. We're all, you know, our form of relaxing is by watching a big screen while also watching a little screen. Um, And so So we have the volume turned off somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're seeing that communication on TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or wherever it might be, it has to evoke all the things you've muted, you know? So it needs to do it through probably image alone. So how do you, you know, make sure that you're communicating what you could have, 
you could have before put in 30 seconds again, building that whole story. Now you have like moments, like yeah. fractions. It's, it's, it's visualization. It's really trying to convey, it, it's almost in, in my world, it feels like it's data visualization, but heightened because you want it to be creative, right. be um, connective. And if you don't have that, people will just quickly scroll past. Yeah, you. if it's not clever, like you're just gonna, you know, move on, right? Yeah. So it does yeah. have to be some level level of engagement, but also evoking, you know, probably something emotional. So I think that there's really something there when we think about what may be argued as being a dying industry of the traditional advertising field. Mm. Um, you know, I think it just really needs a paradigm shift of really rethinking how you communicate with consumers. I totally agree. And I think this is a wonderful place for us to segue to more associations with our rapid fire free association test, or I shouldn't say test, All right. game <laughs> that we're going to play. And um, it's, yeah, I, I want to see your thoughts really quick. So 10 words, Michelle, you know, the drill for anyone yeah. that does the drill, she gets 10 words. First thought she has after I say the word. Uh, is what she's going to share with us. So without further ado, are you, Michelle? Putting my thinking cap on, I'm ready to go. Or rather taking my thinking cap off. Where, where, I don't know. Okay. So first word I'm going to ask you is NFTs. Confusing. Memes. Fun. Cues. Rewards. Metaverse. Facebook, I almost want to say, but I also want to say future. That's good. Innovation. Also fun. Digital experiences. Formalized. Ooh. Colors. Bright. Coke. Fizzy. Sound. Loud. And the last word is, or I should say words, QR code. <laughs> Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so we know Michelle's opinion on QR code. That's because I'm an old fogey. <laughs> I just don't like taking extra steps, right? <laughs> I totally get that. And I do think that there is something to be said for the user experience of QR codes. How can they streamline it? How can they make it better? Those right. are the things we're going to see in the near future. And I'm um, sure we'll be talking about again. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Very true. So with all that said, thank you everyone for joining us. If you're interested in this topic, please share your favorite meme with us. I'd be so. Oh yeah. Cause that's how we communicate, right? So communicate to us via meme on our LinkedIn or on our, you know, website, you can email us a meme or better yet, link it below, um, post it below. We'd love to see what, what kind of memes um, really set you off recently. Yeah. So Michelle, do you have a favorite meme? I think it's the ones that do evoke that sort of sensory feeling. So, you know, again, like ones with like that ball or showing something that they're like, yeah, you can hear this picture. Or you can smell this picture. I think I always find those really meaningful because I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. I, I can smell that. I can, I can taste that. I love it. I what about you? Um, I don't know what this says about me as a person, but <laughs> always comes to mind. If it's in a house that's on fire. <laughs> and it's oh yeah. Like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I think, you know, it's really humor that does it for me. I need something that's humorous. I need something that's relatable. And, um, you know, I, for what, and I love dogs. So <laughs> it's 
together, just go and make a perfect meme. Um, Love it. Awesome. So thank you all for sticking around until next time. Thank you. Bye. HCD Mindset is produced by Helen Ross. For more information or updates, follow HCD Research on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at HCD Research Inc. and at HCD Neuroscience. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and be sure to rate, review, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you and stay tuned for more curious conversations. Thank you.